This is the Longevity Now podcast, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. Having been around the Immortality Institute and Longevity for over 15 years now, I have seen a lot of supplement and diet fads come and go. Given how it has become easier and easier to procure various substances from around the world, in the back of my mind I often wonder, is it safe? How do we really know what is in that pill? Are the COAs provided by various companies legit? Thankfully, more services are cropping up to help biohackers purchase quality life extension products. One of those is Labdoor. In this episode, we hear from the founder of this testing company and find out what is really going on in the world of supplements. And now it is with great pleasure, I welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, Neil Fenneter. Thanks for having me. You, of course, you have the company Labdoor, which does supplement testing. Give us the little Cliff Notes version of how you came to start the company. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, before Labdoor, was running a testing lab in Michigan, and our specialty really was quality control, uh, product development, and recall analysis. And so we would see products from the start to the end of a product development process, and you would see why the products would fail. And so you see that the products failed because they had one of the 15 ingredients came from a supplier who changed a vendor, uh, and so there was a product contamination. Or at the end of the product's life, it's already on market, but the probiotic uh, isn't surviving on the shelf. Or there's a dot on a pill, and we need to figure out why that's happening. Uh, and so we were kind of these investigative scientists who figured these problems out for companies. Uh, and really, I, one of my big motivations to start Labdoor was, what if we could kind of turn this entire idea on its head? What if we could, instead of waiting for the products to fail, what if we could do the investigations ahead of time? Let's just go to the store, uh, pick one category of products at a time, say protein or fish oil, uh, and test the 50 most popular products on the market. Uh, and once we knew that, once we knew what was actually in those 50 products, we could rank them. We could tell you which product has the most protein, which product was the best value, which product had the fewest artificial sweeteners, which product had truly zero sugar. All right. And so all of these types of questions that consumers have when they're trying to make a purchase, uh, we would find a way to give them and serve them that data ahead of time. And so that's really where Labdoor.com has become. Okay. And for people who aren't familiar with, I mean, you gave the synopsis there. What about the business end side of things? How do you make a profit? How do you turn a profit on this supplement testing? Yeah, sure. So we, we pay for our own testing. We build this website and there are about a thousand reviews of products on the site. Uh, and we, we put purchase links uh, to buy the products. Uh, and so we get a commission anytime a product gets sold through the site. Uh, and we try to keep as many products available for sale as possible. Uh, and then the second thing that we are starting to do is we are building lab certifications where companies can work with us to do more routine testing. And then we would certify their products themselves. And do you have any personal connection to the startup of Labdoor? Are you a supplement consumer yourself? Yes, in a couple key categories, fish oil, B complex, uh, I'll take every day just based on my own testing. Uh, and then I've looked at kind of bought protein powders, creatine here before. Uh, and so it's definitely a place where uh, no matter where we talk to supplement consumers, there's always that 
that worry or that skepticism of am I really getting the best product? Uh, and so you just, I mean, one of the things that I always think about, and we've thought about this for years, is just how can we make Labdoor more and more broad? How can we have, I would want a Labdoor for my food, and I would like Labdoor for wine, right? And there's just all these other categories where people ask us to test Labdoor for cosmetics, right? How are these other categories where Labdoor can do this testing? Because you have all the same problems whenever you go into one of those drugstores, right? Sure. Like, are these products safe? Are they pure? Are they effective? Which, uh, at, how do you do those? How do you make those decisions? And that really brings to mind one of the most fraudulent products in the world. And I haven't perused your website to see if you've ever tested it. What about olive oil? Oh, we haven't. But that's the same thing, right? So right. olive oil has uh, purity and potency concerns. Um, and it's just, we even talk about, we're in California, uh, recreational cannabis will now be legal in 2018. Sure. And same purity and potency issues, right? Do we have pesticides in the products? Do we have heavy metals in the products? Is there a consistency in active ingredients from batch to batch? Uh, and so it's just, there's all of these places where uh, we have purposely made a system where we're more open, where it's not like pharmaceuticals where the system is heavily regulated. So there's more openness to what you can buy. But if we're going to have this openness, uh, we need to have some checks and balances uh, that keep the system clean. Sure. And then to get into a little bit of the nuts and bolts of some of the supplements that are out there, a little uh, fine grain detail, is there any particular manufacturer that you have seen through the course of all your testing that typically has some of the you know most mislabeled products or the least pure products? So it's really not by there's not a really correlation by brand. You'll find companies that have five to 10 products in a row with really great scores, and then one or two of their products will fail. And, and why, why, why do they fail? Is it because there's a different supplier somewhere in the chain of uh, their supply chain that uh, for that one particular product uh, is failing for them? That's what we see, right? Because we actually see more correlation between the categories. So for example, when we tested magnesium last year, there was uh, over a third of the products all had arsenic contamination, mm. right? And so then you're saying like, oh, now this is actually an issue in the magnesium supply, not necessarily with the brands who just happen to be making magnesium as one of their 50 products. Also, what about country of origin? I'm not sure how many of the products out there do have accurate country of origin labeling. Is there any particular region or country of the world where you might find lower quality products coming from? So we, it's hard to tell because there really is not a standard in labeling. And in many cases, you're mixing and matching supply from different vendors. And so it might not even be a one pure source. Uh, so that's, I think now, we hear when we do our certifications, one of the big things that companies want to do is they say, hey, are there any Labdoor certified ingredients? How can we go and check and make sure before we even start making the product, can there be pre-testing so that we know ahead of time which products are good and which products are bad? And so that is something that as we get further and further in the supply chain, that's just one of the things that's been happening over the last 50 years, right? There's, I've noticed in the last... I read this really great study that showed that we were releasing worldwide a couple thousand products a year in food and beverage, and now it's 50,000 products per year every single year 
uh, and they're coming from a much more global supply chain. Uh, and so all of that needs more information, more data before you can make an informed choice. Sure. And for making an informed choice, what do you think about the level of regulation that uh, is in the supplement industry right now around the world? Is it too loose, too tight, just about right? Is there a, a purpose for having kind of a mixture of Wild West supplement you know, manufacturers plus high, heavily regulated uh, manufacturers? What do you think? I, what has really felt like from Labdoor specifically is we exist at, because of a market need for not as much. Uh, there's not as much regulation as there needs to be, or at least not as much testing as there needs to be. And so if, if the market is going to be as open as it is today, then there needs to be independent third-party testing. Uh, that's really how, if, the, if it's not going to be government regulated, it needs to be tested somehow. Uh, and so that's really what LabGuard continues to do. Now, my, my goal is, is really an, an open, tested market. If you can get both open and tested simultaneously, that's really the dream. Uh, and so we do want, I think Labdoor is a, a big motivation for me to really keep Labdoor growing and growing and expanding into new categories, is if we can make Labdoor work, then we can get the best of both worlds. We can have an open market and we'll catch the bad people when they try to enter the market. And have you noticed any trends in your last uh, couple of years of testing? Uh, certain products that are decreasing in quality or increasing in quality, or is there a certain problem that you've seen has been getting worse lately, like mislabeling of the products or purity concerns? So the, I'm seeing more and more purity concerns. Uh, heavy, the heavy metal contamination in products is just building. And that's something that now we start testing. We're not the place where we're testing hundreds of products where we start seeing that the, the overall kind of just the supply of these types of nutrient ingredients are getting more and more contaminated over time. Uh, and so we've got to, I think the companies need to start really pushing the ingredient suppliers to, to solve these problems, figure out what sources these are coming from, uh, because it's, it's a really hard thing to track, but the more that heavy metals enter our food system, uh, we're going to see those health effects over the next couple decades. And so we've got to be able to help consumers kind of in a smart way, uh, find the clean products. Sure. Any theory on why the buildup of heavy metals in the supplements? So a, a lot of it can come just from the natural, I, I think anything that's coming from natural sources, you're going to have, plant, we see plant ingredients, so products that are more plant-based can often have more contamination. Hmm. Uh, and so that's a, that's a groundwater issue in the country of origin of that ingredient. Right. And so there's now you've got all of these issues where and I think companies are having that trouble, too, because then you get in a situation where, you know, a protein powder might have 15, 20 ingredients in them. Right. Between all the, the sweeteners and the preservatives and different things. Uh, and if you're trying to constantly monitor all of those different ingredients, if any one weak link exists anywhere in your supply chain, you might not find it until there's a recall. Now, you mentioned heavy metals. Uh, you know, I'm, what are you talking about? Uh, like mercury, cadmium, you know, iron, lead, things like that? So yeah, lead and arsenic are the two biggest that we see. Okay. And 
that is, and that's any any sort of powder. You'll see that sometimes the synthetic uh, pharmaceuticals or the synthetic pills sometimes have uh, are more likely to be pure. Uh, but it's just it it really is something that is going to become more and more of a systemic issue. Okay. In, unless we can really incentivize companies, right? If com- if people are now changing their purchasing habits based on how pure the ingredients are, I think you'll find these companies, they might have to charge a premium to provide that that product, but that guarantee is going to come from that from that extra effort and that extra transparency. So you've seen an increase in the heavy metal contamination. Now, has it reached a level or are you knowledgeable about the uh, the safety levels of what lead and arsenic, you know, can be allowed in the food supply or supplement supply? Is it above safety levels or is it just increasing toward the minimum safety standards? So it's so far increasing towards the minimum levels. Uh, so it, we will mention it if the product passes a Prop 65. We'll, that's, that's something that we'll target and we'll mention on our, our website. Uh, but then what we also do is we are still going to, even if the product doesn't absolutely fail uh, a federal law or a state law, uh, there's still relative differences between these products, right? So in the magnesium category, there was products that had 50 times as much arsenic as other products, even though it was still, you know, half of the legal limit. Uh, and so that's still important for a consumer to be making those decisions, especially if you're now taking multiple supplements every single day. Uh, those effects can start building up. Uh, and in general, it just we can now see that even if it's much below the limit. Now we aren't. And I think that's something that we've been Labdor is also really trying to motivate is a lot of times the the food system has been very recall based right so it's it's things are either they pass until they fail and then once they fail then you have to run around and you have to fix the problem and what if instead of that we weren't just thinking about this pass fail system what if we were instead thinking about it as a full gradient what if we could fully transparently compare different products uh, and if we had that then there would be a motivation to you know, really work hard to improve the purity of your product because uh, it's actually going to increase your grade on Labdoor. And then finally, at Longevity, a lot of people are kind of on the leading edge or the bleeding edge of supplement use, and they might uh, contract or they might contact labs to create a synthetic substance, a research chemical, something like that. Would it be possible to contract with Labdoor if a group of people got together and said, hey, we got this new synthetic uh, substance coming from this lab in this country. Could you please test it for us? Absolutely. So we want to be a independent source of data for ingredients. So if people are coming up, if they're trying to make a new product and you're trying to come up with a few ingredients to make a stack, uh, we can test those. Uh, we can test final finished products. So that's something that's very possible for Labrador to do. Uh, and so we, I think that's, we love that. We love being able to dig into the research, dig into the chemistry and figure out what the best products are. And I think we talked a lot about purity here just because that's kind of an increasing issue. It's just a big trend right now. Uh, but all of the potency stuff is incredibly important too. We're seeing big differences in active ingredient concentrations. There are some of these nootropics where you know, every other product or every third product just doesn't have the active ingredient. 
uh, we're starting to do with theanine testing. We're starting to compare the how much of the is a D-theanine versus L-theanine, and how is that going to affect whether the product works for you or not? Uh, and so there's all of these now potency issues and quality issues that need to be addressed, and I think it'll come from this kind of work. And then for anyone who might be wondering about uh, contracting for a new supplement to get it tested, should they just go to your website, labdoor.com? Yeah, just labdoor.com. Uh, we've got kind of a contact system on our site. Uh, it's also just testing at labdoor.com if you have a testing request. Neil, thank you very much for joining us on the Longevity Now podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's be honest. Biohacking is fraught with risks. That is why I'm glad to see more services like Labdoor evaluating safety and purity of supplements. Make sure your life extension stack is high quality. I want to see you in the future, not in the hospital. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.